Welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. This is episode number 102. Welcome. In this one, I spoke with Reese Jackson, the founder of Tea in Techno, which is one of the largest communities dedicated to techno music with over 120,000 followers on Twitter alone and one of the largest record labels within techno. Reese also manages social media for some top artists as well as top Premier League football players, both playing and retired. Names that you guys will definitely recognize. He couldn't mention them on the podcast, but believe me, these are names that you definitely recognize. So in the podcast, we covered how Reese started his journey into music with creating SoundCloud playlists that big DJs used to buy off him. Very surprising journey to like start the journey. And it was amazing to hear that this is how he got into it. And uh, you guys will not hear an origin story like this. And also the growth strategies that he undertook to grow his community to the strength it is today. And lastly, how he became social media managers of some top football players and music artists. It was an amazing episode. I absolutely loved it. It's a very different sort of business that we've not covered on the podcast before. We haven't done many businesses within the music industry. I don't think I think this might be the first one. So it was a very interesting story and I know you guys will absolutely love it. If you are new to the podcast, then welcome. My name's Sina and my job here is to basically bring on people, some amazing entrepreneurs to inspire you guys and showcase the relatable stories of the people doing it today. Showing that age is definitely just a number when it comes to achieving some amazing things. And if you like that, then do leave a subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. We are on YouTube also if you want to see video episodes. And if you've already been listening for a while, then thank you so much for listening to this one. So without further ado, let's jump straight in. Hey, Reese, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. How about yourself? Very, very good, thanks. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Nice. Episode number 102. Yeah, thank you for having me, honestly. It's been a been a long time coming to get on another podcast so yeah thank you for having me yeah yeah well welcome i really want to start with you though because you have a pretty varied background to be fair there's a lot of things going on and i think like just to break it down for people listening just as a bit of an intro there's like there's you started out as like yeah doing your own like events i guess that's where it starts like music events and then you do like a um an agency now i guess like a music agency and then you also manage social media for like artists and Premier League football players who are still playing and, and also retired. It's We can't mention their names if anyone's listening, so we're not avoiding it. We just can't mention their names. But there are some like big, big names. So that's all you kind of need to know. But like it's it's a very interesting story and very varied. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's been a lot. It's been a rough ride, to be honest, like, you know, to get to this point. But like, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun one the past, you know, few years to get to this point. It's always been a freelance thing, the music. So getting into it full time, you know, it's been a massive dream come true for me and, you know, building it up to this point, it's, you know, it's took how long, like five, six years, like coming up to six years to get into the music industry and like to have two passions in football, uh, you know, and, you know, music at the same time, it's been, yeah, it's been, been really wicked to be honest. It's been, if anybody knows me, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> you know, what's like really unique. And I love, I love this part of what I do with podcasts is because like, you get people coming on that are doing some incredible things that like 20 years ago, it would have been absolutely impossible for them to be doing. And with you, it's like a very prime example of that because you're doing like music events, but yeah, possibly you could have done that 20 years ago with a lot of graft, yeah. but they're like doing a record label, pretty much impossible. Like you have to know a lot of people in the game to be able to do that. And you, like, you have to be able to shift CDs and things like that. Like MP3s weren't around back then. Like the streaming sites weren't, weren't around. And, and also like, obviously social media for football players, like impossible also. So it's all these things like that you're doing now that obviously wouldn't have been possible 20, 20 30 years ago. 
And I just love that. Like, it's just such a amazing thing. Yeah, like hundred percent. I agree. Like, I, like I don't know what I'd do without the world of social media. So it's like I can imagine a lot of people would say exactly the same. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of jobs have been created from this space, and a lot of people have accelerated. You know, in their industries, you know, whether that's manufacturing to music to football, you know, they've always gained. You know, delight from from social media. To be honest, so it's been a massive godsend and. You know, you either do social media right or you can't do it at all. Like, you know, a lot of people just think it's hitting and posting when, you know, that's pretty naive, <laughs> really, to be honest. So, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work to get to the point where you need to be to be a good social media marketer. And that's what not many people see in the background, really, to be honest. And I totally agree with the music side as well. You know, to build up our record label, we had to build up another platform ourselves. So we basically having to build the two at the same time so like and keeping in date with each other so you know not <laughs> not neglecting the other one as well so it's been it's been a rough ride you know there's only three of us in our business you know i work full-time my mate works full-time at burger king as a shift manager and the other lad he does this full-time for us because we work full-time so we pay him a wage so, <laughs> to do it full-time so like you know we've got a lad in fast food we've got a lad who does myself who does like social media marketing and music and football and the lad who, just, who does our business himself, like so, yeah, very varied backgrounds, but all coming together as one collective, really. Yeah, that's amazing. And you, the, your journey started out with with the music space, right? So how did it all start? Yeah, so basically, um, like our business team, techno, what we were, what we were creating as, I basically used to find a lot of music. Like I was so obsessed of finding like new tracks, like. I wanted to be that guy where, you know, when you when your mates at the front of the car, Pless is playing, everyone was like, what is his track? You know, like, I've thrived off that. Like, I always thought I'd be a good entertainer because I lived for their moments. Like, people just like, not like attention seeking, but like people just like, yeah, this is nice because it's like hard work. Like, people didn't see me at 3 a.m. at night, like before college, finding all these tracks, like to, because I knew that one day it would pay off. Like, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to sell. Like I've always been involved in selling, so I just thought if I can combine the two, you know, it'd be it'd be unreal um, to sell to DJ. So I was just like up all night finding tracks, and um, like if like literally SoundCloud like blocked my account because I had so many playlists and maxed them all out. Like it was honestly crazy. I lost I, until until I went on my Xbox with like an Outlook account, the same Outlook account. I didn't get the playlist for three years, <laughs> like so they blocked my account. <laughs> um but yeah i used to sell them to like big name djs um you know like literally international touring djs some of the biggest djs in the world to my playlist and i was like as an 18 year old kid i was like wow freaking hell this is crazy um <laughs> like it was just like all this hard work and then it like you know i saw i went to two events before i actually made the page live like properly so basically there's, there's a lot of social media pages out there that do this similar stuff. Like, you know, if you go online and look at music promotion sites for techno house music, you know, tech house music, there's so many. Like, I can name you a hundred off the top of my head. Like, it's so saturated. But the one thing for me is they're all the same. There was nothing to me that stuck out in my mind that was the difference. So I was like, 
I need to change this now. And basically, I I created a thing which is called Tune of the Day. So basically, every- wait before before you go on to that though, Reese. Like, I want yeah. to because there was something that you mentioned that I really want to like pick up on before you head on to like the end the end of the story. Is like yeah. you were making SoundCloud playlists of yeah. music. And you were selling it to DJs. That that was an actual thing that you did. Like yeah. I don't I don't know anyone that did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically I used to find like subgenres, so it'd be like tech house, house music, house music, uplifting, house music, like funky house, like there were so many genres. I, I, I used to make them up. I probably made up like a thousand different genres in my head. Like I just thought, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, they'll they'll get what I mean, like sort of thing. So like uh I I think other it didn't like it didn't last long because the page started to do so well. So like it literally lasted about a month and a half and I probably sold it to like 10 off the top of my head. Like it was intended to be more, like I wanted it to be more, but the, the, what, what the page turned out to be just went like literally 360 times a hundred degrees. I didn't even think it would ever be. And, you know, we gained such a mass following from like the extra bit that we did where that idea just like killed off and it was like all right we need to think of a new idea quickly it's yeah but it's kind of surreal that like you were putting together music in a playlist and people were actually valuing it so highly that they would actually pay you for it because it's not your music like you're just curating it together that's the interesting thing they're not paying for the ip or anything they're just paying for the curation that you've done with like your like efforts and talent that you've obviously put into it can you reveal like how much you would sell these for Literally not much. It was like it was literally like five or ten of a playlist. Like you know, I'm more I'm I'm more. About you must have been buzzing off that when it actually happened. Like even though it's like any bit of money for that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like 18 years old. You know, I was like working a bit. Like, but it was just like more who it was <laughs> paying me it. Like you know, if I make sense you a fiver, you make sense you a fiver. You know, but yeah, buzzing. But like. You know, when an international DJ asks for your bank details, it's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> you know, like, still to this day, like, they're huge, like, DJs, like, so, like, they kept their name about, so, like, it's it's absolutely crazy, like, you know, I was up at, like, 2am speaking to these guys on Twitter, and they're like, yeah, what's your PayPal, what's your bank details? And it's like, uh, <laughs> flipping how this has worked. <laughs> so what was, like, the next steps, like, for you, it was like, okay, there were, you understood that there was a need here for, like, curation when it comes to techno music specifically but i guess music as a whole for events so like what was the next step for you when i guess the soundcloud got really popular what was that what did you think you needed to do next yeah so the main thing for me that really sparked it was they were like do you actually go to events and i was like i've been to two in my life so i can't really call myself an expert and when you go to these events you hear tracks what the crowd likes so for me I wanted to go to see what sort of genre people liked, which mean it would come back to me finding the tracks because, you know, these DJs want to listen to, you know, these DJs, you know, play tracks for the crowd. Some, well, a lot do anyway, like, like some people play for themselves, but like, you know, the best DJs in the world analyze the crowd. So I had to actually go into the crowd, analyze the genres and the tracks that they were make, like, you know, making, finding like the tracks. I was like, well, this DJ will like this. So if I go to this DJ set and I make a playlist full of 500 tracks, he'll buy this off me because I've seen him play out and this is what he plays. Like, you know, and I wanted to like go from there, but it didn't turn out that way. It was just like, I literally filmed like, I don't know, uh, where was it? It was, it was an event in Birmingham. It was the first, like the third event I ever went to, but the first I ever recorded, I put it up on the page and it blew up from there. Like one retweet, 
from a big DJ literally changed the course of my life forever. Like it was wow. like overnight. So what 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 happened after that? So you retweeted a tweet of you like filming the the event. Yeah, yeah. So like I literally just put like a thirty second clip. He retweeted it. It got like off the top of my head. I think it was like ten thousand retweets. However many likes, it was like twenty k likes. And we went from literally twenty followers to like a thousand followers a week. Um, like that went mega viral. That was crazy. Um, from what Twitter was back then, anyway, you know, um, I say viral, you know, it, it did well. Um, but like in terms of going off the back of that, we were like, like me and my friends were like, wow. Bear in mind, it was just me at the moment of time, and I've never done social media marketing before. Like you can view my personal profiles to this date, and I don't have a big following because I I, I don't really care about my personal profile because everything's all about my business like sort of thing um so i've not really had much of time but i was like lads i've done this i've got this many followers now what do we do <laughs> how many followers how many followers on your was it on your business uh twitter right yeah so all the so we started off just as twitter so like now we have everything, okay. but i started off just as twitter um, so that was your business Twitter. So the, the T and Techno Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So that was our that was our only platform at the time, because um, you know I'm a big believer in you got to master the one before you go on to the others. So I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I'll do Twitter, see what Twitter's like, because I heard it was the best to go viral. Like, so I was like, okay, and plus that goes back to the fact where I said it was so saturated because a lot of these techno accounts don't have Twitter, so we were the only one. So we were in the space of Twitter, you know, Twitter's still got like, you know, hundreds of millions, if not billions of users, and none of them had one. So I wanted to build up an audience for Twitter to then cross promote when we were ready for Instagram and Facebook. So, um, yeah, it just went crazy from there. And then the next month we went from like literally one fact, we did a comp, I bought tickets. I, I spent like, I saved up like 250 quid for tickets for, uh, for a festival in, in Croatia called Hideout Festival. And I gave him away on Twitter. And we went from, uh, I think it's like a thousand, like a couple of thousand to like 30,000 in that month. Like he went crazy. Uh, like we literally gave- Just for a 250 pound ticket giveaway. Like brands did that all the time. I was saving up my money. I was like, all right, I've got 250 quid here. What can I do? I need to get a competition out. You know, I, I don't really care about anything else. I just want to get this some followers and I was like, why don't you buy followers? But that's useless. Like, you know, it, I've always known that to be useless. Like, and I didn't want to pay for advertising because one, I didn't know what Facebook and Twitter advertising was back then. So I was like, oh, we'll just buy some tickets to hideout festival. Cause everyone's thriving over this online. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, it went from like 2000, some 2000 followers to like 30,000 followers in just over a month. But Reese, at that point in time, what was the Twitter page? Like, what was, what was it there to do? Like, was it like promoting music that you were curating on SoundCloud? Like, was it showcasing events that you were going to? Like, what was it there? Why were people following you? Yeah. So we started to then emulate a lot of these pages. So we were just like taking people's content and marketing them. So we're a music online promotion site. So we basically market the biggest DJs, events, festivals in the world. You know, if there's like big events in the UK, we'll say, yeah, head to this event. You know, that's what people mainly come over to us for. We're like a hub basically for techno, house music, dance music for like, you know, if you want to check out our lineup, people come over to us. Um, you know, you want to check out new DJs, new tracks, like that's what people come over to us for. Um, 
yeah, sometimes we chuck in the competition. <laughs> if we're feeling generous or if someone, some event's feeling generous, they give us some tickets to give away, we, we do some competition. So I spoke to Reese about how he started T and Techno and the level it is right now, but it kind of originated from that Twitter group and that community that he was growing. And I really wanted to ask him, what was the plan for the Twitter at first? Because he was just growing it, posting content, doing competitions and things, but was there an actual plan when it came to growing that Twitter page and what was the next step in his mind? Because often growing a community can be the hardest part of actually starting this, this sort of business. And so, yeah, I wanted to see what the next step was in his mind. Yeah, so I did it on my own from September to December and December just before Christmas. It was like it was like a little mobster meeting in my mate's like basement. We were just sat there like <laughs> I literally came downstairs to like in my mate's basement and they were just sat there in a circle like, All right, so Reese, you've got like this many followers, what are you gonna do with it? I was like, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand what's gone on. <laughs> like, I couldn't tell you what's gone on. So there was no there was no plan before. No, it was no, just it was like, just like, like, like what happened. They were all just sat there, like literally, like Al Pacino and like Scarface, just like sat around the table, just like, so what are we gonna do about it? I was like, what do you mean? They were like, well, we want to join you. I was like, all right, cool, like you know. And then from December, that's when we created like the Instagram page, the Facebook page, you know, and we started to actually take it really seriously like in terms of what we could do because I'm just one guy I was at college I was like you know studying working and you know there's so many so many hours in the day to find content and when we built the hub of the four of us that's when we like you know really started to break through and became that's when we registered as a business you know all took the shares etc and started to push on from there really and yeah ever since that was December 2018 now yeah Mm, that's very cool okay so and then uh, how did the record label come about? Yeah, so we've all, it's always been in the back of our mind. Like, ever since we created, we were like, we want a record label. And we were just like, just, like we were just like, it was almost like cocky in a way, like, to think that we could build up a, a, a following this big. Like, because, like, I'm not even going to lie, a lot of people, you can't plan to, you can't plan to go viral. Well, you can sort of plan to do well, but you can't plan to go viral and, like, like all of our following just went mega like literally like this we we waited two and a half years before we did the record label but we've always had it i said in the back of our mind so when we were going on about the um, record label we were just like all right this is probably now the point where we can actually start to get money from people like in terms of using our brand well so we created the record label to primarily see what we can do but the one thing about us is we love showcasing new talent so we're not naive either we know because just because we've got a big promotion page doesn't mean our record label's big so we start we still continue to showcase you know people that don't really necessarily have a massive platform but have the talent but we have the promotional side to go along with that talent so when a so it's like it's actually like a League Two football player with the talent of being in the Premier League, and we're like the agent who knows their you know their talent and marketing them to the Premier League side. So that's what we were like. So we are literally our second number one track was a guy in Wales who had like two thousand followers, and we basically beat the biggest record label in the world with some with the biggest. He- techno label DJ behind that record label and one of the most best-selling tracks all summer it was in the charts 
all summer and we came in at number two and we beat it a week after. And this is all from like our promotional power and this guy's talent. So that's what we wanted to showcase that, you know, we had something serious here. We've only been going for two years, but the 53rd biggest techno selling label in the world. And, you know, we've not done that many releases. So a lot of people are buying into our brand and that's what we really love seeing. We like, but the thing is with us, like it was not having that naivety to do it before. It's like, it's people jump too early and they flop. It's like, because no one wants to be a part of something that's not doing well. So when we did well at the start and everyone's seen that, that's when we could easily get these bigger people to come in. Like, you know, we've had big artists on the label, but nothing ridiculously huge. They're still, you know, very respected, but like they're respected in the industry, not like on a social media level. Like I don't believe you have to be good on social media to have a talent. And that's basically what our brand is. Like, you know, we love showing off people. It's talent. And that's the main thing for us. Yeah, Reese. before we go on to the social media management for, for football players, I want to ask you a question I guess a lot of people are wondering because, yeah, as you mentioned, like 53rd biggest techno uh, techno record label you mentioned in, in the world, which is insane. And then you've got this like massive community. You've got like 105,000 subscribers on, so not subscribers, 105,000 followers on uh, Instagram and you have like loads more on Twitter. Is that correct? Yeah, so over the course we've got over a million so we're about 700k on facebook 119 now on twitter 132 on tiktok 25,000 on youtube and then like the rest it works out just over a million that's that's insane and, I, and that was like within two years right you just said like well growth's been... that's that, that's our actual page so our our actual page team techno has over a million but our record label has like like 10k maybe because we don't really touch it until it's like a release so we're not like constantly posting on so it's, it's the overall brand it's the overall yeah, brand. yeah but yeah. like let me let me ask you what is the what was the secret well i guess what was the biggest growth factor for for that for the overall brand getting to that level of scale within a, a, such a short time frame the one thing about us as well we're always we're reactive so if someone posts so like it was creamfields this weekend we won't wait three weeks to post creamfields we'll we'll literally post that day on Creamfields, you know, and we're always at events. So the one lad who does it for us, who works full time for us, he lives in Amsterdam. So he has access over to Europe. So he goes into events over there. Um, I'm like, I, I work for a lot of artists as well, like freelance and full time. So I've got like UK, Europe, etc. And we just, we get a lot of people sending us content. So we're always reactive. And plus like, we know what people like. We're not, like you know if we post something that does if we post an artist that doesn't do well like we'll give them one more chance and if they don't do well again then we're never posting them ever again <laughs> like, because we know that's not going to happen like if it's not working for us then we could have grouped with another person who we know is doing well you know we're not going to spam them out just like you know to get views but we know what works and we know what doesn't work yeah yeah so i guess it's like using the data as you mentioned before yeah, like yeah. doubling down on the stuff that works and the stuff that like maximizes engagement and like all the other things that come with that. That's really, yeah. And then just like keep using that stuff and then being reactive. Definitely. That was the formula, you know, it's like, if you want to build a community, you got to listen to your community and like, you know, it's, that's mainly what we tried to build. We just, what we didn't want to have a following because we knew that we were ultimately going to do events. We want to do 
you know, merchandise. We wanted to, we wanted to do a record label. So we wanted to build a community from the get go. You know, we wanted to give back to people, you know, we'd give people tickets and like, you know, a lot of times before we got big, like it was me handing out my own money or someone else handing out their own money to buy tickets. You know, I probably spent over three, 4,000 pounds on tickets, like giving away to people for free, like, you know, to build a community page. Like, you know, I, I could have had like a brand new car for like, you know, for, or put a deposit on the house, like back then, like, or whatever, you know, when the house was going too much, you know, it's, it was, it's crazy amount of money we've spent building a community. And that's what we ultimately wanted to do over everything, really. So let's move on before we wrap up the podcast to yeah. managing social media. Cause I know that's like your, your full-time job is managing social media pages yeah, yeah. and you do it for artists as well as like premier league football players, both either retired or like still playing. And these are for people who like want a bit more detail, I guess like players that have played at international level as well, like for both England and France. I don't, I think that's okay to say. So I guess like how, how did you, how did you get into that? So basically I've been involved in talent now for like, I've been in music industry freelance for five, full time for two. And I've been involved in talent now for around two, three years as well. So I've done Frank Bruno, ex Everweight Champion in the World. I've done UB40, sold over 100 million records, you know, one of the biggest bands out of the UK. Um, and then just, yeah, like, it lit, like, literally LinkedIn, like, saved my life. I was like, I just, like, got let go of my job. And then, like, one week later, like, a guy messed me on recruitment and was just like, how do you fancy this job? Um, didn't tell me who the clients were until like the last minute until I got told I got the job and it was just like, wow. So basically what we are, we're a music, we're revolutionary like music management agency. So the way how we do things is so <laughs> not what you'd see in the industry. That's why a lot of people come to us and a lot of talent come to us as well. So, so we have like different factors in like brands and like, you know, creative, like in terms of like filming documentaries and stuff like that. And we also manage social media pages as well. And yeah, it's like, it's, it's for me, it's like surreal because I love football. Like I'm a massive Arsenal fan. I'll literally watch anyone that isn't Tottenham, to be honest. That's not even a lie. Like <laughs> I, I won't watch Tottenham at all, but I'll watch every single country in the world. Like, um, so being involved with these players, player, you know, it's, it's absolutely mega and just even with the musicians as well the roster is literally incredible we've got eliza rose who's just got number well fingers crossed touch wood she's about to go number one in the uk top 40 this friday um she blew up on tiktok with the track you ever heard the baddest of them all like track i'm not massive on it i mean I don't <laughs> no, that no, much, so, like, but yeah like yeah. i know tiktok with music especially is like huge like if you get a sound in tiktok like you pretty much oh, made it crazy man yeah yeah she's she's just gone like Took, as I said, fingers crossed, touch wood, you'll go Friday um, into the UK top 40. So, you know, we've got a massively talented roster, talented team, you know. Our CEO is literally one of the cleverest guys I've ever met in terms of, like, building the community, but it's, like, talent, and, yeah, it's incredible. And it's, it's, it took a long time to get to this point. Like, that's why I say to people, you know, like, never think that you won't get anywhere because, you know, I never thought, yeah, like, before I did all this, I was marketing, like, before I got into the talent and, like, music world, I was marketing, like, you know, like, kebab shops and, like, literally, like, flipping, in, like, you know, window cleaners and just, like, stuff like that, just sitting there, like, one day I'm going to be in music. It's so cliche to say, but, like, once you've made it, like, it's so cliche to say, you know, it's like when millionaires say, 
yeah, I got here because I'm, you know, did this, did that. But, you know, it actually does work. Like, and you don't believe it until you've done it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like, I, I say to my friends, I'm like, it's like, it took so long, you know, it took so long, you know, yeah, you can do it. Anyone can do it. And they're just like, yeah, you, you know what, you're right, like sort of thing. And I, I encourage anyone to do what they have. A, if you have a passion for it, and, you know, I'm not the most talented guy in the world. I'm not the most cleverest guy in the world. But one thing I do have is, you know, a lot of passion for what I do. And, you know, I know how to get there, like sort of thing. I knew, I basically paved the way on how to get there. You know, I did courses in this. I spent a lot of money and a lot of research on how to do stuff. You know, I'm pretty much 90% bar a degree self-taught, like sort of thing. So, like, you know, it's... Um, Literally, YouTube has saved my life. <laughs> YouTube are like these little fifty-pound courses have like paved the way, like my life. Really, to be honest, I think that's an amazing note to end on. To be honest, Reese is like you helped yourself with all these like online resources that again weren't there like twenty years ago, and like you you've paved your way from going from kebab shops, no disrespect to kebab shops whatsoever, but like going from going from them to like Premier League football players and like charting artists. It's just- within a space of very very short space of time it just shows what's doable in today's climate like it's yeah it's it's amazing the the opportunity is so is so abundant if you're willing to like work for it that's like a, a, a big belief that i've got and uh yeah you're a prime example of that so yeah reese thank you so much for coming on the podcast it was so amazing talking with you how can people stay in touch with you and what you're doing yeah so if you want to follow the business pages the team techno on all um social media sites we're on all social media sites my linkedin is reese jackson uh, my instagram is reese t jackson and i don't use anything else <laughs> even though i should do because i'm in social media but i don't use anything else um yeah predominantly so that's how to stay in touch with me yeah. all right fantastic thank you so much again reese and we'll catch you yeah speak very soon no, thank you, you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, it'd be amazing if you could leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Follow us on Instagram. That's where all the previews and all that good stuff gets posted. That's it from me. Thank you so much for listening again, and I'll catch you in the next one.